Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Todd. It's great to be back doing the show again. It's going to be one of the the last couple of shows that we do from your studio there, right? Yeah. So, so you know, yeah. look, looking at the calendar here, we'll be able to do a show. Actually, next week, I'll be on my way to NAB. So uh, there'll be, unless we do the show from Vegas, um, I will be uh, in Vegas Saturday morning. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think we had talked about maybe doing it on Friday or something. Yeah, that's on the fifth. Yeah, 5th. yeah, yeah. That's, I think maybe that's what we'll do. We'll do it on Friday, the uh, the fifth at maybe um, eleven a.m. Eastern. If that will work, <laughs> I mean the eleven. Yeah, uh, or maybe maybe eight a.m. Pacific. Can you get up that early, Rob? Yeah, actually, <laughs> I have company calls early in the morning oh, on Fridays. All right, so, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, so it would be better in the afternoon somehow. All right, we'll see what we can do. But anyway, we'll, we'll get something okay. knocked out on Friday, and then we're off to uh, to NAB. But wow, it's um, this week for me has been, uh, um, you know, we've got just a lot of stuff going on, and of course, I'm sure you guys do too. But yeah. the, definitely some stuff in the news happening in the podcasting space. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the case these days every week, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's always something bubbling going on out there and, and it's all good stuff usually. So, you know, there's activity, um, going on all over the place. I don't know where you wanted to start. Is there well, something that really kind of stood out to you, Todd, this week? Well, Spotify made another move. Yes, they did. Didn't they? Punch yes. drunk and spend a hundred million dollars for that property. And that's a bargain basement price for that, right? And, you know, and there was um, some hints around the space that they paid multiple, 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 multiples of the current revenue. So it tells you something here. I don't know what it tells you. It's just there's a lot of money for them to spend, I guess. Well, it, it tells you that um, that things are not going to go cheap. You know, they would just, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Things have gotten to the point in the space where, um, you know, it, it, it might be considered a seller's market at this point with, uh, you know, with three big deals having been done with extraordinary ticket numbers on them or, you know, dollar amounts right. on them. It, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I agree with you. I, I do see a lot of, uh, a lot of different investor groups kind of coming out of the woodwork, uh, wanting to, to look at getting some equity in this industry, uh, right now. Right. So there's, there's definitely some, uh, some feeling that the valuations have gone up and, and that there's some quick money to be made by some, uh, scrupulous or unscrupulous investors that might want to, want to come into the space and, um, you know, take stakes in some of these companies. Right. Yeah. You know, and I just look at the emails I've been getting and the, you know, and the meetings I'm scheduling and it's, you know, just put it that way. There, there's definitely people, well, there's movement. <laughs> and if I'm getting those emails, everybody's getting those emails. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's true. I guess the bigger question is, is it, uh, is it valid, um, what's happening right now? Is it based on market fundamentals or is it? Um, 
really speculative investment based on what people think might happen in the future. Well, I think the space has been undervalued for a long time. So, you know, no, per- that's true. That's true. I think to a certain level. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I don't know if I can say to the levels of some of the stuff we've seen recently, but you know, right. um, you know, putting my corporate uh, business owner hat, absolutely it's where it's supposed to be. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you better be saying that, Todd. If you had, you know, you know, especially if you had VC investors, you better be saying that. But, well, I don't have any VC investors. My VC investor, know, exactly. my back pocket. <laughs> that's right. Well, you built built your business the old-fashioned way. You All built right. it on revenue. Well, yeah. that's that's not that's not cool anymore to build a business on revenue. <laughs> no, right, right. It's just yeah. not valued enough because yeah. it typically doesn't grow as fast. Right, right. So. Right. Well, you know, at least it grows with revenue, not with uh, speculation. <laughs> yeah. Well, Todd, you just can't throw those big, uh, big, big parties at podcast. Oh, all right. Yeah, those big parties that I don't have it. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> most we've ever spent on a single party happened in Vegas when we rented the. If every of those of you that go to Vegas, you know where the Pepper Mill is. It's a real famous breakfast. Well, it's a restaurant there that's really famous, but. Most people don't know when you come into the pepper mill, the, if you turn right and go to the hostess station, everything back that way is the restaurant. But if you go straight, there's a casino <laughs> and, and it's, it's this, uh, red velvet lush, uh, really, um, seventies. It, it, it's, it's a really cool venue. And I think that's the most we ever spent on a single party. I think that total bill came to like, 12,500 or something. And the, the folks drank like four grand worth of liquor. And uh, for someone to drink four grand worth of liquor in that place, they, they did a, that was some, that was an accomplishment. Actually, the bartender told me, so we've never seen a great, a group drink as much booze as yours did. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm actually a little bit surprised that, uh, that Spotify didn't go after like Wondery or somebody like that. So, yeah, I, you know, it they seems couldn't like, afford them. That would have been a billion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hernan so. uh, would have had a nice, nice little acquisition on his hands. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that's, that's coming as well. Yeah, Who knows? Maybe, I mean, maybe they're not done. <laughs> and I think we're going to see more. We'll see. We'll see. Right. But I think the bigger thing that kind of actually disturbed me just a little bit this week was the BBC and yeah. the BBC pulling his podcast from Google. I just like, what? Who, who? Uh, that could be a complicated deal there too. You know, there's some changes coming to the EU potentially. Right. And then also, you know, the BBC is under some very unusual kind of content distribution restrictions. And I don't know if what they've discovered is that, um, Google is not, uh, not supporting their distribution restrictions on content that's available on their website or not. Now, granted, I thought that the, that the distribution restrictions on the BBC platform was really IP locked by BBC servers. So there's something else going on here. I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly sure what it is. I don't know. Do you have a sense, Todd? Well, someone thinks it's the, you know, the Spotify's of the world taking too much market share and they want 
everyone back on their .com and their platforms and consuming in, oh. in their media. Um, that's what was some speculation was out there. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. You've got, you know, they're not restricted oh. from distributing their stuff outside of the UK. The only difference some is... Some of their that, content is. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. So they, you know, so some of the shows that are on the BBC uh, can't be be made available or listened to outside of the of the BBC. Or, well, then, or outside of the UK. Well, then they control that with their IP locking on there. Exactly, their... and they've been doing that for years, actually. So, so, so if but you know, having them pull their listings off Google Podcasts would not have. Well, they indicated at least in the everything that I've read, and I didn't read a lot on this. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, was that it was basically um, Google wasn't giving enough data. So does that mean Google wasn't giving enough personalized info? I don't know, you know. So Google never well, gives you no data. That's what I was going to say. Why? What's the expectation there that's different than anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so. But I, I, I'm laughing too that, um, well, anyway, we'll see. And we'll see what happens there, but it, uh, they're pulling it all back in. And, um, so I, it's, I don't know if this is a, a good sign or not, but it, the, uh, rad meeting happened this week. I was not, um, in attendance. Matter of fact, I, I missed the calendar announcement or I'd have been on it, but a few companies, uh, the stream guys announced that they have enabled rad, but the question, okay, who, who, whose data are they measuring their own? Um, right. you know, in, in stream guys is a streaming platform. So yeah, I was on that call. I was on that call. And so was Rob. So can yeah. you say what your takeaways were? Well, I think that the big thing that I, I contributed to was the concept that the RAD initiative um, needs to be thought of in parallel with the IEB. Um, they seem to be running off a little bit in a little bit in different directions with some of the things that they're proposing. And if it's going to, um, it needs to be consistent with what the IEB um, kind of standards and metrics are and, you know, how things are being done if they're going to proceed. But the problem is, is that if you look at the attendance of that call, uh, there aren't any, I mean, the very few, maybe one, um, I, I guess you could probably consider us to be a distribution pl <clears throat> platform as well because right. we do have a listening platform, but um, very few listening, um, apps or listening platforms are on that call. Um, so that's a big problem for them. They need to get more of the, of the app, um, the podcast listening apps and platforms to be on that call and participating. Also, it's just, you know, it's going nowhere. I mean, you can't just have everybody on the call be podcast hosting platforms. Mm -hmm. There's the problem. And, and, and content, uh, creation companies and have it have it work it's not going to work so yeah so did they even talk about how to get these apps to implement rad did that discussion even come up because that's the key well yeah it did it did it seems like you know really every time that the discussion around rad comes up that that's always the number one thing it's like or there's two things there's there's the privacy concerns there's the 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 display of um um, locations of ads, which could trigger ad blocking. Sure. Um, and then there's the, the whole privacy thing is the, probably I think the other thing, but that's not a, 
I don't think that the privacy thing is such a big issue because I mean a lot of that stuff can be anonymized, but it's it you know it's how Apple looks at it. Apple doesn't want to disclose that data because they want people to go to their platform. So we still don't have Apple on board, and I didn't I didn't see Spotify on that call. So you know if you think about the two top listening platforms, they're they're not even engaged in the and those are the keys. I think. Are they sounding like they're a little frustrated? No, I, I mean, if you listen to the call, everything seems like it's going just fine. And, and, you know, Todd, I, I'm a little bit kind of like, it would be interesting to have this data, but I think they're getting a little bit in the weeds with it a little bit. I think, um, it depends on what the goal is. I mean, if we're trying to specifically track advertising is the only reason to do this. I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to get supported, but if we're trying to um, get a more complete picture of podcast consumption um, and be more concerned about, you know, just duration of playback and, and whether or not a media file gets listened to and don't, we don't actually put, the locations of the ads in the ID three tags. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless that's how your platform has to work with dynamic ad assertions, because some of the platforms do require you to put the, the locations of your ad insertion uh, markers in your ID three tags as part of the platform. Right. But that, that also leaves the door open for ad blockers. And I don't think that, you know, that's going to be another big thing that the industry is going to say, well, why did we do this to ourselves? Well, Marco uh, will put ad blockers in, you know, he's going to. Right. I mean, he's thinking about what the listener wants. Right. 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 And, and I think that's, that's the bigger picture. Should we, we have to balance between the needs of the listener and the needs of the content creator. And, and that's where it feels a little out of balance. It feels like it's, it's to benefit more the advertising side but yet it's undermining its own effort in some ways. So um, I just think they need to pull back. They need to work with IAB. They need to be more consistent with what IAB is pushing with the standards metrics and have that plug-in be more compatible with that and just simplify it just to make it more palatable to Marco to add and right. and, and really emphasize the the anonymity of this data. Um, you know, I guess we'd all like, I, I guess, to have deeper metrics um, on s- specific users to be able to track demographics and all this kind of stuff. But that may be impractical in this climate. Yeah, I just, again, I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors until the clients come on and the clients being the apps. And we've talked about this a dozen times on this show. Without that data, this, you know, we can wish in one My dad has <laughs> wish in one hand and. In the other, uh, I don't know if you ever heard, I, I left a word out, um, and see what you get first, you know, wish in one hand and, and doo-doo in the other and see what you get, what you're, what you're, you know, what you end up with first. I think it's just a pile of crap at this point from, a, yeah, yeah, we've committed to supporting RAD, but there's no data, you know, so if yeah, they, I, why, I, why waste you know, coding hours right. when there's nothing to collect? <laughs> right, and if... If the content creators aren't adding the 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 code to the right. MP3 files, right? right yeah, it's not going to work. I mean, so, so who are we doing this for? One percent, you know. That's you know one one percent of podcasters that will implement this. Yeah, you know, come on, you know, or two, maybe five percent. But for it's them, 
come up with a standard. Um, no, no. For 5%, though, th that's where the majority of the money is being spent. So, of course, they're going to. But, again, the data is not going to. There's nothing yeah. to collect. There's nothing. The clients aren't pinging. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I read the notes from the meeting, and I thought it was interesting. You know, it's, and I just, this is what I'm waiting for. Someone like PodTrack or someone like StreamGuys say, oh, we have got this great new data. I'm like, where did you get it? From what? From mm -hmm. what? From the player on your website? From the player on podcasters' websites? Is that is that what you're getting? You know, right. and everything else is mobile? Because that, really, that's the only thing they can collect at this point. Right. That's true. So, you know, just I think as content creators, we have to be you know, we have to be able to look in between the lines and see what it's doing. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I'll get a nasty email saying, are you dogging on Brad? Well, I'm not. Well, I'm, it's, yeah. I mean, I thought, it, I think both of us w would agree. It'd be great to have that, that other chunk of data. Sure. But I guess we, we, we have to be realistic too. Um, as, as we see the changes in the, the distribution market too, is, is tracking, at the client level like that really um, going to capture a significant chunk of data that's missing today. And I, I, I guess that's, I think we, we have to keep it in balance with um, what's, what's the benefit to effort ratio here. Um, I mean, are we going to capture that last 5% of people that download to their computers and play it back later? Uh, is that the, I mean, is that what we're trying to capture here? Cause I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of, really all we're capturing now granted what the npr wants is to capture when people listen to an ad right that's mm -hmm. what they're really that's the real reason for this is that they wanted to have the same level of metrics that exists in streaming which would be b being able to track specific plays of ad spots right so they can have that visibility they can report that to the advertisers um, but my thought is why can't that still be done? Uh, even on a, on a, on a, I guess it's not a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the confidence issue, right? Because the progressive download playback experience, um, does allow you to have like at least chunk locations right, right. to be able to, to track it back and to the been, server. And we've been right. doing that a long time. Right. So there's, you know, what's the incremental gain here that we're trying to achieve. And I, you know, I'm not sure it feels like that the advertising market is, is healthy without it. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, unless it can be proved that it's like a 30, 40% gain in captured numbers. I don't think it's that high though. Yeah. I guess be careful what you wish for. Someone, Travis said something in the chat room. I have no idea how it relates to podcasting, something about cryptocurrency. I have, I have no clue on how that relates to podcasting and downloads and measurement. It, it to me, it I, I didn't understand it here, but um, well, Todd, if I can earn some cryptocurrency based on you know people listening to my podcast, that'd be okay. <laughs> I think someone was trying to do that, so maybe that's what's in reference to. But Adrian says, as a content creator, I want to place the ads. Random insertion sucks when Facebook ads an ad break. I click off. Um, I don't see Facebook adding ads to content like this. We're live streaming on Facebook right now, and I've never seen an ad pop up in my content. 
um, add insertion. It's possible. It's, it's yeah. possible. I mean, it's, it's kind of stuff that uh, that YouTube does. But so, do you have an issue with with live playback uh, running ads on on YouTube with this show? No, I don't think so. I, of course, you know, no one hardly watches it on YouTube. So we get the live audience, <laughs> and that's it. You know, and this be Frank. <laughs> Um, but you know, the, you know, so from Adrian's position here, remember, um, um, ad injection, if is good, if you know exactly where you, it's not a random injection. If we're, if we're controlling the ads, we're going to tell it as content creators where we want it placed. That's for, you know, when we're right. talking about ad injection and automated and programmatic, which is a long ways, you know, we thought it'd be a much further along at this point, but. That's a whole nother hour's worth of discussion. The, you know, most stuff is still being host read, um, baked in. There's a few folks that are doing host read where it's being injected, but. Um, that's, that's usually at the higher end of the, the market uh, or those that are doing the host reads into dynamic. Um, you know, like, like, I mean, a lot of people don't even realize that it is. Right. Um, they don't know it's dynamic inserted. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's it can be done in a way that the listener doesn't really notice. Mm -hmm. So if it's done right, and that's, I think this topic is a good one to get out there too. Is that um, technology is not the problem here? It's how it's implemented, right? Um, and the the ad content is where we kind of can run afoul a little bit on listener expectations, right? Because if it's done right. Dynamic ad insertion is actually a terrific technology. It just needs to be done in a way that the listener, it's compatible with the listener's expectations. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's being done today. You, you know, if you're listening to an NPR program, you're, you're hearing it being done, you know, pretty well. Tom Webster says, I want to stop you both right now and talk about ZipRecruiter. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, come on board. Let's, let's talk you all know, about it for the rest of the show. You know, so in <laughs> some shows are, you know, and I've told podcasters for, you know, in, in newsletters and talking to them, I said, if you want to plan for the future, you know, you have to plan and create your show in a way that it will have a natural place to drop an ad. This show, there's no natural place to drop an ad in this show. You know, switching, and we switch topics we in, in half a breath, right? <laughs> but if you're, if you're going to be building a show that at some point will be using an ad injection system, you have to plan, you know, you have to make sure that you have a segmented show that is going to allow for a natural transition to one. So, right. uh, and if you don't, it's not going to work. It's, we're going to be like mid sentence here and this, okay, by this show is brought to you by ZipRecruit. That's what's going to happen. And that is not, people are going to be like, this sucks. You know, fast forward 60 seconds, they're going to reach for their phone and as fast as they can and hit that fast forward button. So I, I, I agree <laughs> with Tom. Um, well, it's, it, it's, I mean, it can be as simple as both of us just stop talking for like five seconds. But, but there has to be a natural, <laughs> there has to be a place to put it. You know, right, I switch right. to, I switch topics on us in like half a breath. You know, I know you do. And, you know, and it's I tell a, it's a big problem. <laughs> you know, and on my own show, I, I I just tell my audience, "All right, I'm, I'm you know we're moving on," or you know, I, it's like we've killed this dead horse. You know, it, and then and we move to the next topic. But anyway, I guess we'll see on what's going to happen with Rad. But I'm just, 
until the clients, here's the, here's the, until clients start initiating it or Apple or Spotify support it. Um, there's no meaningful data. It's going to be, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stats junkie. I want that stuff, but mm -hmm. we'll see. So I, uh, just a little bit of tooting my own horn here this week. Uh, you know, we announced our partnership with uh, audio burst and, uh, yeah, did a, we did a full integration with them where, uh, podcasters are hosting with us in the dashboard. They just go and a couple clicks, they're signed up for audio burst and, they pull the RSS feeds and then all their tools are available. And um, it, it was pretty amazing to watch the responses we were getting from podcasters saying, well, I got to, you know, you know, within an hour of uh, basically signing up, I've got uh, 15 um, transcripts and all their sharing tools and their burst technology. So, yeah, so we, and anyone can sign up for audio burst. We just, right. we just integrated it. And made it easy for our, uh, and we, and be honest with you, I, I wanted the, the transcript function so folks would get a transcript easier, and um, you know it's it's like any other automated transcript. It's there are words it doesn't get right, um, but it's probably an eighty percent solution. Sure. So, what is your recommendation to podcasters on how to use that transcript to further their show? Well, I, you definitely don't put that in your directly in your show notes. But if right. you have the time and want to do the post-production on that, you can clean it up a little bit and make it, um, I always say make it contextual. Make it so that um, where they do a line break, where they assume that you've switched topics, um, be able to, you know, have that to be um, something that, quite frankly, that Google will will understand it and, and I don't, you know, maybe link it in your show notes as a, as a, you know, as a text file. But here's the thing too, is Google is just, you know, they, they're starting now to index shows as well. So there's a number right. of shows on Google that though episodes are, but I don't know if those transcripts are readily available to be downloaded. I think Google is just making those available mm -hmm. to be searched within. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought it was, they were going to do this transcription process on, on shows just to get more context to the content so yeah. that they can better link to it. Yeah. So, I mean, eventually we'll see, um, direct links to audio files. I, I would think in search results, you know, one of the big things that I've noticed with this new, um, the, the changes that Google made here recently of making, uh, podcast shows available in the Chrome browser, um, is that, you still do a search for a particular podcast mm -hmm. in Google. You still can't find the the page to that that listing um, in Google Podcasts. You, it doesn't come up in the search results. Uh, so there's this missing piece that's like key <laughs> that Google missed, and that's you know, I mean, if you have a direct link to the show that you can put on your website, you can <laughs> link to it and it will show up in the browser. Right. But unless you have a direct link to it, I, I haven't been able to find where it's discoverable outside oh. of the, of the direct link. So, so what you have to do is you have to go into the app and then get the shareable link and then you put it on your, your website and that allows you to link to it and it will show up in the browser. Um, but it's not discoverable if you do a search for your show. I mean, like if you go and you do a search for a new media show right now on yeah. Google, 
um, there's a page that exists for this show yeah. in Google podcasts that's available in the browser, yep. but it doesn't show up in the search results anywhere. So, you know, that's the piece that they were missing. And I, I, it actually baffles me that they missed that piece. Cause it seems like that's the most obvious piece. Yeah. Well, I determined what our little issue was last week. Um, I somehow dropped a letter off our link to Google podcast and, uh, that's, that's now fixed. Uh, the uh the context counts <laughs> right <laughs> you know so let me see if i can bring this up a wrong one so yes there it is <laughs> and right the, the v was missing which uh you know that that didn't help us any right so so have you tried to find this page outside of just a direct link no it's a, good luck right it it's you know, somehow this needs to be integrated into search results. So, right. I mean, I, I guess it would make sense if it came up number one. Yeah. And they're, uh, and they're, so, and they're truncating the, well, I guess they, no, no, they're not, they're not, oh, they're, the entire oh, post not. is there. Okay. Okay. So, you know, they've got the length, you know, they're, but okay. So if there's, how do you know on this page, if there's a transcript related to this, I don't think you do, do you? I think it was, and how I understood it is that the transcript happens in the in the background in the uh, server, so it's not being displayed. It's just being used as they're planning to use. I don't know that they are yet. Yeah, because I haven't seen any links to Google Podcast stuff in Google search, so that's that's the only reason I can think of to have that data. Right. Well, you you also need an Android phone too. So if you know, they're definitely shooting at the mobile market here, not the browser market's the afterthought. So the mobile market, you can find this show if you have your Android mobile and you load Chrome and you search right. for the show. It, it's, it's a much different experience on your mobile app than it is on your... Right. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's almost like they're, they're crawling before they start walking and yeah. that's kind of where we're at. I mean, it seems to be moving in a, in a good direction, but from what I gather, it's a pretty small team at Google that's working on this, but this product. But, so. you know, to to have um, text that is, okay, so we're talking here just like this. What I just said, when we're talking here just like this, that has no value to Google. Nothing. That, that short sentence, if they index that, no, that is not a searchable thing people that's just fill, right? That's my fill. But if I, if I, if we back up and we said, okay, you know, talking about Google podcast here, then that is, would be a trigger. You would think in a text right. file that would say, okay, Hey, they're talking about Google podcast. Right. How does, how does Google get smart enough to know what is just crap? What is the fill mm -hmm. and what's the meat? You know, how do they determine what, if they figure, if, 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 if they can figure out how to index the meat of right. what we're saying here, then it's, winner, winner, chicken dinner. It'd be big. It's, well, it's, it's, um, it's called machine learning. It's called artificial intelligence. It's, uh, all these buzzwords that these big tech companies are working on is it, you're exactly right, Todd. It's all about context. Right. And that's what Google has been chasing for the last 20 years is how does it get better in context? Mm -hmm. uh, and context is the key 
also it's the key to natural language search also. So how do you, um, take it to the next level when it comes to, you know, we've gone through this era of keywords, right? Now, now we need to move into the next level, which is AI, machine learning, whatever that starts to bring to the picture context. And context is exactly what you're talking about here. It's, it's understanding uh, what's being communicated and packaging it in a way that has value, right? And then ranking that context, yeah. Not ranking the keywords. The keywords trigger the context. Yeah. But the context comes from um, um, kind of the the discussion flow and then also has an endpoint mm-hmm. as well. So if, if we right. look at what we've talked about so far on the show today, we've talked about the BBC, we've talked about RAD, we've talked about us with Audioburst, we've ta- we're talking about Google and this exact topic. So those are the four, so far, four pieces of meat that if Google can figure out that I would want someone to know, Hey, they talked about rad. They talked about the BBC. They talked about audio bursts. You know, those are the things from, from a creator standpoint, I want them to find in, in go bang, going back to where we were talking about, this is the challenge with, um, transcripts because the transcripts contain all the fill. And right. you need to narrow the transcript down to provide the meat. And if you can have that meet with um, tag points to jump to specific parts in the audio, if you go in and do the editing on the, um, on the actual transcript, then that brings value. But there has to be a way from that content creator or that, that listener who is on your website. And, you know, what I do in, uh, at Geek News Central you know, we've, we've taken care of this with, um, let me show you. And hopefully Kirk has done the last episode. Let me go and look, see if he's actually, uh, he hasn't done this one yet. We're, we're always a few days behind. Um, let me go and load this. So from my, you know, from my website, from what I, from doing the show, let's see if he's done this one here. Okay. So if I bring, this page up. If those of you that are watching, you will notice that in if you can, if you can't see it, just you know you come over and look at episode thirteen fifty four on geekencentral.com. So I have time marks on the in the show notes of each topic. So for example, the U.S. Postal Service reveals stamps for the moon landing. I, I talked started talking about that at thirty eight minutes and thirteen seconds. And they have the ability for someone on the website that goes, comes to the website, not any app. <laughs> um, well, I think some support it. They can click on that and it'll jump mm-hmm. to that topic. So mm-hmm. what we want is we want Google to do this for us. <laughs> right. You know, right. but in your transcript, if you're not writing detailed show notes with time hacks, making people jump to a lot and it's amazing. I, I track the click-through rates on this. And what I find is people come to my website from a Google search and they have searched for, as an example, Ford is investing $850 million in Michigan. And they see this episode. Wow, this guy did an ep- podcast here. And, uh, you know, um, 22 lines down is the Ford piece. And if that person is looking for stuff about Ford, bam. So for me... I see a huge number of click-throughs to those, those listing spots. 
by people that are searching in Google for specific topics. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then maybe I gain a new listener out of that. You know, they, oh, right. he, he gave good commentary on Ford. Maybe I should listen to this guy. So trans, if you're not doing good show notes with these jump to points and then you're, I, again, transcripts are cool, but to have to have some context. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you just don't want to put them all up on your website. No, no, don't it's cut. too much. No, it's too much. And matter of fact, I, Google will penalize Google you. Will, <laughs> right, exactly. Google doesn't. You know, it seems a little ironic, doesn't it? It that, does. That the Google wants to do all of the the transcription, but they well, penalize well, you for doing. And it. if you just <laughs> cut and paste that into some place on your website, they're going to say, "Oh, you're just text stuffing." That is the word. And right. you, and you, all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself dropping like a rock because, you know, they consider tech stuffing to be part of some marketing ploy of some scammer and you are going to lose page rank. Well, there's a long history of (laughs) um, online marketers, keyword stuffing um, text on websites for years. I see podcasting companies today because I track competitors I see podcasts, it's, and I, matter of fact, I can tell you, I, I, well, let me bring up my calendar. Um, there is a certain podcasting company that uh, around April 14th, there'll be a flurry, 100, 200 articles that will come out that are meaningless. I mean, me, I mean, th- you can tell they are, they're, 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 well, they're tech stuffed and it links back using keywords back to that specific podcast hosting company. So, and, and I, I've seen it for years. So I just, it's, to me, it's comical because it's like, all right, we've got uh, $200 to spend. Let's go ahead and do another campaign this quarter. <laughs> and they're trying to drive their page rank up in the search results. And uh, I find it to be, comical to be honest with you because it's a very old school old way of thinking um actually can be detrimental if done wrong yeah you know it's it is uh you know so there's ploys being made because search results search results count (laughs) right yeah yeah so did you follow the the news that Apple put out about uh, what they're doing? I mean, did you keep an eye? I didn't really follow it that closely this week. I, the stuff that they're not doing for podcasting with the, right. yeah, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the only thing that I uh, did was I, I bought the AirPods version two, which um, do, does have extremely longer life. Um, oh. I, it's got a better battery kind of battery thing, battery huh? i was i was running out before the day was out and i'm making it all the way through so but yeah i you know the i don't want to spend a lot of time on this but you know we cut the cord and um so what do i have here i've got uh i pay for netflix my daughter plays for hulu um my wife was complaining about not being able to watch local news, but she only watches it like once every two weeks. So she would complain enough. I added YouTube TV 
And then my son the other day said, hey, dad, Game of Thrones uh, is is coming. Can we add HBO? And I found the deal where I got HBO and Cinemax. So I added those two to our digital package. And then um, now YouTube is, I mean, now Apple's coming out and they're going to be having some premium content. So I eliminated, when I cut the cord, about $120 worth of cable bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all back. <laughs> it's all it's all back now. I've got it. I'm spending probably the equivalent amount of money in all these little digital packages. So um, they've got us by the short hairs. We're we're not um, <laughs> we're not um, really saving any money. We're just shifting where it's being spent. <laughs> right. That's the whole idea. And now we're we're actually watching more commercials. So that's the right, thing. right. So more anyway. ads than ever, right? So, so anyway, and but there was the Apple iOS update um, that came with that build. So, and with the new podcast app, or updated podcast app, but we didn't reach a milestone. Um, and someone reported on it, and I and I didn't even report on it because, it, to me, it's just a new a new number, but. Uh, as of this morning, I have 703,548 podcasts in the Blueberry Podcast directory. Granted, <laughs> probably 550,000 of them are dead. Um, so, yes. The, well, let's, let's say when we say dead, what does that mean? That means haven't produced an episode in probably more than a year. Okay. So you said 550,000? Well, I, I just threw a number out there. I haven't run the number, but that's based upon right. kind of what we... It, it's probably between like uh, 125 and 175. I'd say that's a pretty safe number. I think there's probably... It's safe to say that there's between... And I could get it if I just ran the damn script, but um, upwards of 175,000 active shows. But there's 700,000 that have tried. <laughs> 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 to various degrees of success, and also um, it depends on the the content of those true, shows true. too, right? But again, I, I guess it. I mean, I think we've mentioned this on the show before. But I mean, it it, it raises a an interesting question, right? Of um, should listening platforms, um, how should listening platforms react to that? Right? What should we do? You know, so. I, I'm at a point now where I'd like to see the number. And I think we've got the ability to go into our system and I'll just tell, maybe I'll tell Angelo if if the RSS feed um, is dead and there's no way to get access. Well, we have indexed it so we know where the media resides. So maybe I'll say if the RSS feed is dead and the media is dead, let's deactivate the show. Let's, let's, um, uh, you know, just, we will actually um, take it off the search results. So... And that will be an interesting, but what do I use there as a, a marker? Because, you know, what I've had happen is um, people have come back and said, hey, by the way, uh, you know, our stuff died. Uh, we refreshed our, you know, fix the RSS feed or move the yeah, media. it's back up. Live <clears> it's again, back right? up. But, right. you know, and it's, and, but it hasn't, a new episode hasn't been produced in three years. But that, I only get one of those emails like, like rare. But I have. Yeah, but I have the ability, though, to bring those shows back to life if I want to. Right. So. And also there's there's situations where the RSS feed goes down. Yeah. It's not, not accessible anymore, but the media files are still right, linkable. Right, right. 
so you have that as well. So, uh, and then it's the opposite of that. The RSS feed is working, but the media files are dead. Right. So, um, so it's, yeah. So maybe the criteria will be both, both have to be dead. The feed and the media has to be dead and we'll, we'll take it down, but it makes for a bad user experience when right. they, Oh, you know, here's the history of uh, Shakespeare and, you know, wow, here's episode one, click. Right. And nothing happens. And also some shows don't, don't, at least, I don't know if this is as much of a problem now as it used to be, but a lot of shows got published without artwork. Um, you know, you basically have, you know, basically nothing in the artwork. Um, I think that most modern platforms now are making that a requirement, I think, but, um, but the, that used to be a problem. Are you seeing that as well, Todd? Say it again, Rob, because I was distracted for a second there. Oh, the, see, are, you, are you dealing with, in your catalog, um, shows that uh, have neglected to put cover art? Oh, yeah. We see it all the time. Right. And you just go to Blueberry.com, you go to the programs list, and you select a category and start scrolling, and you'll see the shows that are missing uh, artwork. So. Right. And that also creates a really bad yeah. kind of user experience as well. Yeah, because we drop some of their default image in there. Is, so that's not like this big crater of a hole with no image in it. So, you know, we substitute something when someone doesn't have one. Yeah. I think, though, you know, and one of the things I, I entitled the, um, this show today is I I put a, um, been having a series of emails with some podcasters. and. Um, I entitled the actual episode of this though, standards can be painful. And, um, what we have found, um, you know, post IB certification and making sure that we're, you know, staying in compliance with all the rules that come along with the, with the guidelines is that, uh, preloading for some shows has, is a big issue big mm -hmm. big and it's it's getting worse we're seeing more players come out and doing preloading as a matter of fact someone that we know was talking about it the other day we were all trying yep. to determine if a player was preloading or not i think we determined that it was yep. so the preloading issue um and for those of you that don't know what i'm talking about here is when someone lands on your web page and your media player immediately preloads the the audio file in its entirety. Um, so when, yes, yeah, so when we say preload, it's downloading it to your cache in your browser. Right. right. And, and no, and you're not actually, you haven't actually clicked play. And in HTML five, there's a simple setting for these players to set. that basically says, I think it actually says preload equals no. <laughs> right. um, but even, um, even Apple sometimes does a little sample, takes a little taste. And then it gets, I think it's, it's a CRC value or something. And then it grabs the whole file. Um, we've seen that even with Apple, but that's been around for years. So it was a known quantity, but you know, I've, some people are being hit harder by this and sometimes it's out of our control. We're like, okay, you've got preloading going on. It's not on your website, but we are detecting preloading happening. And it's probably a third party place where your show is listed. And the frustration level of the content creator, oh, it's it's palpable. You know, I, it's, and I'm like, 
sorry, <laughs> this is the way it is. I can't count the preloads. Right. And some people are being affected more than others. And it, it all depends on who's syndicating, where it's distributed. Uh, it can be stupid things like people putting it up on a Wikipedia page. And you just, who knows where it's happening, but it is. And uh, so some people have been hurt by that numbers wise. Right. Right. And, um, you know, 20, 25%. But those were, you know, that's not real, real data. It's not real down. So, I, you know, I, so I'm just saying standards can be painful. So when we go back where we talking about earlier with rad, <laughs> um, be careful, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Well, Todd, I wanted to also, you know, and this is maybe a fairly sensitive topic, but, um, the whole IAB certification, versus compliance issue oh. <clears throat> raises its ug ugly head in a couple of different ways that we should probably talk about a little bit. Um, and one of them is, is companies that claim to be compliant versus certified the whole question of compliance. And I know we keep beating this dead horse, but that there are companies out there that are saying that they're compliant, yep. but they're not certified. And then when people, when podcasters start comparing mm -hmm. between platform A, platform B, mm -hmm. um, that both claim to be compliant, right? Uh, that there's still 20 plus percent differences in the numbers, right? So I think setting some expectations around even what certification is going to bring to the marketplace is probably a valid thing for us to do because I do believe that um, just because a platform is certified, um, it doesn't mean that you're going to get exactly the same numbers with another platform that's going to be certified. You're going to be very close, but I don't think it's going to be exactly the same. No, right? but it, it should be very close. Now the exception is, and we'll, and I'm just, you know, putting it out there. PodTrack and us are the, as far as I know, maybe chartable. There's maybe one other that does redirects for stats. Um, for well, we do also, okay. I mean, I mean, not stats per se, it's more for ad, ad delivery. Okay. So, so anyway, okay. So what happens on redirects is those are on a stat system that is redirect only. Right. You're not going to get, matter of fact, your numbers are probably going to be suppressed. Um, it's going to be lower than what they actually are, which is, you know, if you think about it, kind of a good thing because you can remedy that. Um, yeah. yeah. But the just because on the redirect, there is certain data that is not in because, you know, we there's certain data that we get back and some data that we don't. And some of that don't data can cause us to say we can't count that. And then the log data, though, if if if, if we're comp uh, comparing oranges to oranges here, a system that is doing log files, and, and for our hosting customers, for us, we're going to have two categories. We're going to have um, the redirect folks that are only, they don't host with us, a host with someone else that's using the redirect for stats. They, their numbers will be IAB, or are IAB, or I guess I should say, we're waiting on the 
the audit team, because that was one last thing we had to do was some A-B comparisons, is the redirect stats um, will be certified, but there are some missing data, so the numbers can be lower. The hosting customers, um, which are switched to hosting logs, those two numbers, in Rob, when we compare you, us, Libsyn, whoever else we come certified, if they're processing in the log files, right. that, that number should be very, very close. Right. But I think that the key differentiator between all of our platforms is our blacklist, our, our bot blacklist, right. and whitelist, right? Right. So, so until we get, um, you know, standardized on those lists, yeah, right, we're going to see differences. Luckily, and the audit team is right. recommending blacklist, so hopefully everyone's implementing the same blacklist, right? Um. And what a black that's the key, right? That's right. The key. And what yeah. the blacklist is, folks, is um, is a, a blacklist is a list of every server in the world, <laughs> every known server, and that of course changes day to day. So you have to update that. So basically, we know where a box in a rack, you know, like at GoDaddy or AWS or you know, whoever else, the thousands of data centers across the world, and it's probably not thousands, but they have a map, and you pay. Twelve, thirteen thousand dollars a year for this list um, of <laughs> what'd you say, Rob? Crazy that you have to pay that much amount of money for a well, for a whitelist. Rob, it's hard. You, you think about that company that's doing that's a full time job to track. I know, I know, but it's still crazy amount of money. Okay, right? so you know, well, that's the price of doing business and having right. you know, and excluding servers, right? Yeah. So if you know if 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 uh if someone's out there running a script which happens every day, someone is out there trolling or polling or playing around and they're saying oh I'm gonna I can go pull that RSS feed and let me sample these shows and da 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 da, and they're doing it through a server, well we can we immediately say, oh gone, you know we we throw that away immediately because we know it's a box, it's not a you know, it's not a, a breathing. It's not a <laughs> listener with two ears, right? Yeah. Right. So, you know, the, so hopefully everyone is running the same blacklist. And the whitelist, though, on the other hand, too, is our, you know, the whitelist is very thin. I mean, I think if you right. ask people how many listings are in your whitelist, 10 years ago, our whitelist was massive. Right. But technology's changed. Right. So, um, very, if you have a good, good blacklist. You don't need a really a whitelist. Well, you have well, true, true. We, but still there's the instances like maybe some old infrastructure on, um, college campuses and that kind of stuff where, right. so, you know, there is still some of that out there, but not a lot, right. um, where, you know, it, it, it redirects through and you, you know, you see uh, 25 IPs trying to download, you know, X episode and you're like, who's this? And you do some work back and you say, oh yeah, that's, that's a college campus or that's some business, you know, and it's hard. That's hard. And you one by one, if you investigate those, you could spend an hour trying to determine if this IP is a, should be whitelisted or not. It's not easy because right. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta use a lot of tools to determine where's this coming from. And and many times there sometimes it's easy. It'll say this, you know, the IP will track back to something that will say uh, University of Wisconsin or something. You know, there gives some telltale sign. You'll be able to tell, but not always. 
you know, the, mm-hmm. the guys that are the IT guys, sometimes they don't want, they want to obscure as much as possible where that IP is coming from. And you can get the region. You can almost, well, it's in, you know, somewhere in, in Wisconsin or something. Yeah. So the whitelist is the bigger challenge, but as long as everyone has a blacklist, it should be really close. It should be really close. Mm-hmm. I would assume because it's a, it's a rule set that you're following. And I think us and anyone else that has redirect customers, they're the ones that would probably be impacted the most. You know, if you're only on a redirect system for stats, you're, you're definitely, you know, probably eight out of 10 times um, missing some downloads. And what that number, what that percentage is, is can vary from show to show. There's a lot of variables. And when you try to explain this to a podcaster, you know, their eyes glaze over and then they get pissed and they start yelling at you. You know, it's true. You know, they, they don't get it. And it's, it's hard. It's very, 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 very hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I do still think, I mean, what's the variance that you think we're going to see between all these certified platforms? Is it less than 2% or 1% is, I don't know that we know yet. Right. Yeah. But eventually we will know. Right. I would think. Yeah. I, I, I would hope two, 3%. Max. Right. Yeah. I would hope. Yeah. And I think, and I think most, most people would be, be accepting of but, that. But there's going to be, if, 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 when then here's the problem. Okay. So let's say, uh, there's five or six companies that are going through the certification right now, get certified. And all of a sudden people are doing a B comparison. All of a sudden it's 20% difference. Then there's going to be questions, why? And those, those are going to be interesting, interesting questions to answer. <laughs> well, that and also which direction does it go, right? Right. Is it, is it less or is it more? Well, the person that is less or the person that's more, well, I don't know. Who, why are your stats lower than theirs? Why are your stats high? You're, you can't win. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, I'm going to be, well... It's been the problem all along, right? Is that some podcasters want to be on platforms that have higher numbers than other ones, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's what I told a, an individual yesterday. I'm like, listen, I, the number is what the number is. I can't do anything more to help you. And right. I said, I am, I am not the only hosting provider out there. I hate to see you go. But if, if a inflated number is what you want, I can give you some recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> True. I can, you know, um, you know, and then it's even worse because we have, <laughs> um, the, one of the truly worst is SoundCloud for stats. And yeah. Yeah. so, you know, I'm talking to corporate clients who are understanding that they, they, they've got, um, a, a turd floating in the swimming pool. All right. <laughs> uh, they, they do. And, um, and they're torn because, well, let's just put it frankly, SoundCloud's cheap. And if you're getting, if you're saving a hundred thousand dollars a month, 
and hosting cost and having the media on SoundCloud um, and getting inaccurate numbers, it's a hard trade-off to tell them, okay, uh, we'll host your media for this much. And by the way, your numbers are going to drop by this much. So really there's no incentive because they're really taking the shorts two times. They're number incurring cost and they're taking a hit on stats. So of course, no one wants to move off of SoundCloud. Right. Especially if they're a big player. I got, you know, the sun, the earth's motion has changed, Rob. I'm getting it in the face. So let me, (laughs) you got a a hole in your wall. Yeah. Well, we're, we're back to that season where the earth's uh, tilt has changed. And I used to not get this during the winter season. So, I'm going to lower the shade. I'll let you talk for a second. Um, You can talk about this topic. Yeah. Whoops. Well, I was just actually a second ago, I was just scrolling through an article off of the ABC news website that caught, caught my attention because it was an article um, saying five things that I've learned from one year of daily podcasts. And one of the, the sections of the article, um, it's kind of like got got this headline that says "Talk like a freaking person" is the is, is the number two uh, lesson that this this journalist from you know from ABC was talking about you know what he learned from doing a daily podcast and and how how it was kind of like uh, remarkable that uh, that seems to be what what worked the best um, in growing audience with his, uh, his podcast. Well, it was it, talk like a real person. And who was the ABC host? Do you know what show it was? Uh, it is start here. I think remarkable, successful show. Remark, yes. remark. Does he talk about his numbers? No. Okay. He didn't. I know what the numbers are. Remarkable, remarkable, successful show. So, so he's done 262 episodes and I guess they're, they're daily. They're about 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of runs through some of the key lessons that he learned. Um, there's no substitute for being there. I'm not, you know, there's missing context to that, sure. but, and then, uh, talk like a freaking person. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, third is your history teacher was right. And, and Americans are more nuanced than you think. What does that mean? And then Americans are more nuanced. Well, I think it's in reference to, I I guess, how people uh, think about issues, right? Mm. They think it in greater detail than I think what people might think. I gotcha. And then number five is there's a lot happening in the world besides politics. (laughs) Right. There is. I don't, I don't. Right. <laughs> after you so, stop, after you stop watching news, you, you realize that. Right. I just <laughs> wish that the world would, uh, would tend to talk about other things more than just politics though. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, cause that seems to be dominating everything these days. So you, you switch topics on me. We, did we, did we finish the other one? I don't, I don't know if, if we want to go back to it, I think we're going to drive the, Google transcription service crazy. Well, um, that's probably true. We, 
change topics and then come back to it again. So, so I, I, so Rob, as a business owner, you know, what do you do when you're told your numbers are wrong? They're too high. And the only way you fix that is you've got to spend a hundred thousand dollars a month. And by the way, you're going to lose money on ad revenue. What do you do? Do you ignore it? Some do. And try so, and write along as long as they can. So what does that end up, what does that end up happening to do then? It 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 essentially completely devalues all the work that we're doing here with the IEB. Right. Well, and and you know if if all the companies in the space don't get certified, then that kind of <clears throat> also causes a bigger problem, right? Because well, then yeah. I mean, as far as what we were trying to solve by having this whole certification thing, right, was to eliminate the numbers as a d differentiator in the market, right? And I'm actually, um, you know, even though we've had a few months head start here, I'm actually excited about you guys getting certified because what it really does is just not me pounding. Right. Well, we're, from what I hear, we're very close. Well, good. Because oh. it's it won't just be me pounding on the on the desk saying, "Listen, you have a problem with where you're currently being measured." That's right. All of the arrows are pointed at you, Todd. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, I we, we you know one of my guys went to an event recently, and if you know if if. If eyes could kill, he'd have been smoldering ash on the floor, you know? So, right. you know, we really, uh, we, we pounded the payment in New York and, um, I, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Well, Todd, I think you've been battling this for many years been, now. Yeah, so but you, we, but we had the, we had the bazooka to go and I know, say, I was going to say, <laughs> you, you finally got the, uh. The Sherman tank, right? Right. And now, now everybody's and I, going out and buying bigger, bigger tanks. And, I, and, I, and I need, and I need a few more Shermans on the line. It's, you know, I'm sitting there, boom, boom, you know, I, I need Libsyn going boom and I want you going boom. And, you know, I really right. do. Um, because I don't think that national public radio is, is going to be booming anybody. No, because so. rad is the solution. Right. <laughs> so you know one thing about this show folks is uh it's we just tell you the way it is so i hope you appreciate the candor here because we're not afraid to to you know air dirty laundry a little bit well and it it doesn't always make people other people in the media medium happy about us no no not at all and so you know, and I actually had someone send me an email the other day and said, uh, didn't, didn't know you, but I listened to about 20 of your episodes of the, uh, new media show, um, over the past two weeks. And he, and he said one word, damn. <laughs> 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 so, you know, it's just like, okay, well, it is what it is. Again, what was the goal? The goal was simple. The goal was is simple. They remain simple. A level playing field. Right. That's the goal. And yep. many of you, many of you don't care. Many of you don't have ads in your shows. You know, you could care less. 
Everybody know. cares to some degree because they want to see accurate numbers just like we yeah, do. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, but there is a small, uh, I, I think it's a relatively small group of people that, uh, you know, are willing to cheat, lie, and steal to get their numbers higher. And some of them are not, uh, some of them are trusting their provider to give them numbers that they can report. And I, I tell them all the time, I'm like, especially for public companies, I'm like, do you know you're putting your, you, the reporter, and your executive team at risk? Right, and they look at you like, "What do you mean?" I said, "There's this cool thing. It's called Sarbanes Oxley." Yeah, and it's not so cool. And you know, for those of you that don't understand Sarbanes Oxley, it was a, um, I think it was a result of what was the, it was uh, Lehman Brothers or oil company, one or the other. Can't remember who. There was an ish, There was a catalyst yeah. for it. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's way back, but yeah. Um, and someone in the chat room is going to help me out here on someone that's you know, and I don't even claim to be it. I know what the law reporting requirements are, but um, you know, it's it's a challenge, and as more companies go public, then you know they are going to because I think we're going to see probably at some point some IPOs out of the podcasting space. I hope we will. And, um, well, uh, Lipson is already a public company. Um, right. And they've been a public Google's company. Google's a public company. Spotify is a public company. I mean, there's plenty of public companies in this medium. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sarbanes Oxley Act. So are we talking about an act? Yeah, I think so. It's, uh, say so it was signed into law <clears throat> on 30th. Of July 2002 by President Bush yep. and is designed to oversee the financial reporting landscape for finance professionals. Its purpose is to review legislative audit requirements and to protect investors by improving the accuracy and reliability of corporate disclosures. Right. And it boils down to a lot of stuff that goes into truth and reporting on advertising and all that stuff. So, right. Right. So, yeah, anyway, that, that's that. And um, so you don't make a lot of friends when you are indicating that you're going to, we're going to, you know, reduce your revenue by 25% or 36% or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that doesn't bode well. And, you, you know, it's, again, it's that swimming pool situation where there's a, you know, little piece of doo-doo floating around. You, you know, you, no one wants to get in the pool, but you know, you got to get it out. <laughs> right. So, so, so Todd, uh, this, this past week, uh, uh, Fred Jacobs, uh, was doing, doing his little tour around talking about his tech survey. Sure. So I don't know. Yeah. I had him on the, the speaker live show this week talking about it. It was actually before he actually re- re- released the, the data. Yeah. On that. I haven't seen it. What was the takeaways? Well, his, his, uh, research was showing, just keep in mind the, this tech survey is very focused on talking to radio listeners, right. As a primary focus, um, of, of who he's studying, right. And how those people, um, uh, view, um, kind of the media landscape from social media to how they're consuming, 
uh, online content to podcasts. And so he was saying that, you know, while he's seeing, uh, you know, the numbers are showing growth in podcasting, it's not as fast or as quickly as what the Edison research is showing. So, Mm. um, you know, it's a little bit more humble on the growth side. Uh, so I actually haven't seen the research myself entirely though. I think Fred did send me some slides from it. I, I don't have them open in front of me right now. Um, but let me see if I can go and grab those numbers. Um, so if we go to Jacob's, but you know, in any of these, any of these studies, there's differences in how they do them. Right. Well, it's who they, 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 they actually talk to, Well, they right? talk to radio people, right? Radio listeners is the primary audience. So when you think about pulling the information, um, from that audience, right. Um, and how they, they, they look at digital and on demand and stuff, it tends to be a little older audience mm-hmm. and it also tends to be, um, something that's, uh, that has a little bit more of a skew towards, um, radio well, if we look at uh, the content. if we look at the if you know if they were talking to a, a larger number of older people, of course the number is going to be lower because you know we see what the Edison data was. We show this strong surge of young people listening. So, right, it's you know I don't think you can do apples to apples here. It's but yeah, I probably I probably should have pulled this up before the 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 show, but. Um, you know, if, if we want to talk about something else until yeah. I can find it, that'd be fine. So, um, for those of you that are going to Vegas, um, for NAB, mm-hmm. we want you to stop by and see all of us. Uh, I think, uh, all, I think Rob from Libsyn, we're going to be there. Blueberry speaker's going to be there. I'm sure Podbean is, uh, yeah. Chris Coran and his, um, group are going to be there with their, uh, audio booth for production stuff. I, I haven't even looked to see who else is in our, in our kiosk area in our pavilion area. Have you? Yeah. Um, I think I, I think I have it here. It's, it's pretty much the same group that was there last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think there's really too many new companies that are, that are going to be there. I think I have the, yeah, I'm bringing the, up the map the map myself too. So, yeah. Let's see here. Let me flip wrong button, wrong button. There we go. So uh, Central Hall C303. And let me zoom up. Let me zoom in here. So the podcast building includes OC White, Clean Feed. I don't know who they are. Descript, Voxness, Podbean. Vid on Heil Sound, the podcast studio, uh, right. Libsyn, podcast engineering school, Blueberry, P- Polar Pro Filters, Padcaster, and Samsung is going to be in this group. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking at this. I don't know if this, oh, it shows how to get there, directions. Well, the, the OC White folks, um, that's, that's, the boom mics. the maker of my boom oh here. yeah <laughs> and so. mine mine's a the Heil boom so uh 
clean feed. Let me, if I click on them, what happens is update. It says clean feed, live audio in high definition with anyone in the world. Send, receive, and record over the web and less delay in cell phone call for radio podcasters and producers. Okay. Descript, who is this? No description for their, let me go to their website. Descript, a word processing player with a play button. Okay, so it's 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 basically a contextual audio playback, I think. Uh, yeah, it looks like it. And then who else here? We've got, uh, of course, we know who Voxness is. We know Podbean is. Vidon, who's that? Vid, oh, have no, yeah, no description. You're going to a trade show. You spent th tens of thousands of dollars and you don't have a description. It's some sort of hardware company. How do you right. expect companies to find you? Okay, all right, let's look at Voxness. Do you have a description? Yes, yep. you do. Blueberry, do you have a description? Yes. Let's look at uh, Libsyn. Do you have a description? Of course. <laughs> so, and then, of course, Podcast Pod, yes, Engineering Studio. That's Chris and his team. Chris, you need to go in there and, and update your description, my friend. I know you're listening today. Polar Pro filters, photographers and videographers and search. So there's a few pure podcasting companies and some vendors. And um, so and right, we're right next to the Beijing uh, pavilion. So, <laughs> right. But if you look at this, our position in the hall, this is fantastic. I mean, this, this is prime time, Charlie Brown. Because what yeah. happens is, is that um, number one over here, um, actually over in this corner is where people come in and then they file through and what's over here. We've got Vimeo, we have, uh, Sharp, we have, uh, um, Instacast, Panasonic. Of course, Panasonic's on the other side of the wall. So that's a little bit dis deceiving that we are. This is prime. I mean, we're in a prime, prime, prime location here. It, it, you can't get much better than this um, for, you know, first time getting into Central Hall. So uh, I, I think our traffic is going to be through the roof. I really do. I think we're going to be slammed, but time will tell. Yeah, and then also there's, there's podcast content sessions that are going on <clears throat> on the 10th. Yeah. Um, so... You and me and Rob are on on stage as the as the I guess what was titled and I didn't have anything to do with the titling is is the trusted voices of podcasting. Oh, that's that's got to rub some people wrong because the group that's coming on before us is the uh, is the new voices is the new voices of podcasting. So new voices and trusted voices. So <laughs> oh yeah, funny yeah. that is kind of hilarious. I had my um, discussion with our moderator. Did you have a call with her yet yes i did yeah so i think you know she says yeah you said some of the same things that the rob said i'm like okay <laughs> well i yeah i told her that uh you know any any topic uh, that you raise all three of us are probably going to have the same answer to it so <laughs> so you might want to um, kind of break out of the uh, the traditional questions and start going into some areas that might create some controversy between us so i don't yeah. know if you can find them though <laughs> so are you saying we're harmonious in our message yes oh. i think we are 
Yes. So that means that means we're a gang then, right? <laughs> yes, we are a gang. Yes. And it's, hey, a, um, it's a devil I session. Do have, yeah, I do have some of the, the slides here, and I could share them with your screen. Uh, right? or, I, how do we do that? I, I, well, it would show up behind you. I think you'd have to flip to my oh, screen. Oh, I can do that. Go ahead. Right. So let me see if we can get this to work here. Right, stand by, everybody. We might lose Rob. <laughs> okay, let's see here. If, so if, if I go into here. Oh, okay. It's black. All right. What? Okay. There. Oh, yeah. Wow. We're screen sharing with. Wow. That's big. <laughs> Although you're drag your Skype thing over to the corner or something oh yeah 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 no no i've got, got there you a go screen here. okay there so, we go all right go ahead discuss so, away <laughs> well yeah okay let me zoom in a little bit here if that helps yeah it looks great all right and so this is this is the numbers that, that were shared with me so so it looks like that the methodology was, you know, it was based on like 519 commercial radio stations, about 50,000 people that they talked to, I guess. Wow. Who actually actually participated in this. Um, and then here's kind of the numbers that said more than one in five uh, listens to podcasts on a weekly or more here. So, I, you know, this is kind of my first time of really looking deeply at this as well. But mm -hmm. um but as you can see, about forty-nine percent said uh, never have never listened. So th this is part of his his thought that there's a lot of radio listeners that have never listened to a podcast. Uh, it's about half. So we still have have a long way to go on, on that. Um, and then here, let's scroll down. That's the big takeaway from that one. And it said four in 10 weekly podcast listeners say they are listening to more podcasts in the past year. So that follows the Edison stuff. Right. So you do have this, th this pattern that people that start listening to podcasts tend to listen to more. So, um, so it's really getting, you know, and he used the, the analogy in my, my, in my interview, um, that it, it's almost like, like an addiction. It's almost like drinking coffee, right? So once you start drinking it, you tend to drink more. So um, that's the pattern that you're seeing here. Um, and it's growing uh, year over year. <clears throat> and then uh, down here, <clears throat> excuse me, this isn't a big surprise, you know, the whole smartphone thing, but it does appear that radio listeners are listening to podcasts Um more and more on smartphones, which makes sense, but they're still listening to podcasts on the desktop. And, uh, but as you scroll down to the list, you know, smart TVs, I mean, in-home audio systems is still pretty small. Smart speakers is still pretty small. And the, but he did see a growth in the in-car audio system uh, listening. It has uh, to so, increase because as people replace vehicles. Right, right. So, that's does seem to be picking up a little bit. Um, it says podcasts are most often li listened to while in a vehicle or doing work around the house. I, I don't know. Was that consistent with what we saw in the, the share or the, the Edison research? I can't remember. I, I don't I, know that it was. I, I thought it was. 
doing doing uh, in home listening, I thought was well, the I, largest. You know, I I do informal polls on my audience all the time, and they're saying they're right, they're driving. You know, they're driving or riding the bus okay. or whatever. You know, I hear that right, as, right. at least for my audience. Well, as you think about it, this is very consistent with radio listeners. They're yeah. they're listening to the radio, but obviously, more and more of them are tuning into podcasts. Mm-hmm while they're in the car. So this is definitely a, a pattern. See, but they do break out using mass transit down here. See, it's, it's yeah, a separate I think, kind of component. I think that's probably pretty accurate if you think about it, because that's, that's, if you, if you add that to driving riding, you know, right. that's 60%. That's, that's a big number. Um, I, I don't think I would dispute that at least from things I see, but where do we spend a huge amount of time? You know, here in Hawaii, my God, I spend three hours a day in the car. Right. You know, so that's going to change. Hallelujah. When I leave here, but, um, interesting. And it's also getting what 20% getting ready for work. Yeah. Uh, working out. Uh, I think yep. a lot of people listen and Me then too. at work at, at work, people listen to quite a bit. It can kind of depends on the, the job they have, but, um, and when they're doing nothing, when they're relaxing, I, I think is another one. And then doing housework. I, I can't listen to podcasts when I'm actually working. I, I I don't have the ability. I can listen to radio when I'm working, but I just don't have the ability to cross. Well, what I, if I do listen, then I'm like, I'm stopping and I catch myself staring at my screen because I pause for three minutes listening to, <laughs> to a show. Right. So it lowers my productivity. Go ahead. Yeah. It's in now this isn't a big surprise at all, but, but I think when I was talking to Fred, it was like, he just didn't, I don't know that he fully grasped the the importance of this, but uh, the word of mouth yep. sharing that is fundamental to podcasting, uh, both offline and online, as yep. the main drivers of discovering podcasts. So this basically surfaced what we already know. It, if you've been involved in this medium for a long time, but it but it really pointed out. Um, but it also the the other big takeaway here is um, there's a significant opportunity to to harvest uh, radio listeners over to podcasting. Uh, as you look at that 30% number, um, those radio listeners can be transitioned over to becoming podcast listeners. Well, they're, it's being, not like, they're being transitioned right. based upon youth. <laughs> right, exactly. And then, and then through other podcasts, that's, that's where we get into this cross promotion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Podcast advertising in podcasts, seems to be on the rise right now. It's, you know, I've been hearing more and more that more and more advertising campaigns are being run podcasts, advertising podcasts. Yeah. We've, we've, we've uh, got a few in the, in the can that's happening right now as well. Right. And then, um, this is more of a traditional media thing. Um, people reading articles, news stories, um, magazines, uh, blogs, whatever that, that, that's another big important driver of, um, discovering new podcasts as yeah, well. And I think we, we've known that for a long time yeah, as that's, well. That's the key to my shows or my tech show's success. Right. And so you're starting to see this, this kind of this reality being displayed here is that uh, browsing iTunes and Apple podcasts uh, starts to fall off the, the chart pretty fast here as far as how important that is for people discovering new content. It's yeah. almost like they, they discover new content outside of podcast listening apps and then they go into the podcast listening apps and then because they already know what they're looking for. That's a zero percent for me. I don't, 
Even though I listen to 100 new shows every two weeks, I don't use the Apple Podcast app to find those shows. Right. You learn about them in other ways. You no, know, I'll use, I have a little system set up on Blueberry to be able to tell me right. what I've listened to and what I haven't. So as you think about how you market your show, these are these are important takeaways, right, of of how you need to think about promoting your show. Um, trying to drive features and Apple podcasts and all this is not, I mean, it's important to try and get if you can, but you're only talking about 17% versus all the other ones above it that are much more important. So. Yeah. Um, and then it's the same with the, the, the mobile apps with Spotify, our heart radio tune in, uh, and, and you can see it just falls off the map. TV is not an important medium for discovering podcasts. E, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. You know, unless you have a, a major program like Game of Thrones, say it's tune into our after show of the, you know, after right. show discover or discussion, you know, and we are finding though that. Let me flip back here, Rob, if you want to come back to me on video. What what we have seen is is that those that control the television, though, (laughs) those that have a channel, when they do promote their podcast, wow, wow. I mean, like, you know, like dream, dream explosion numbers of people that subscribe and listen to the show. So mm-hmm. TV itself, if we could get all the major networks, ABC, NBC, anyone that's yeah. all these sitcoms, um, if everyone was doing, we would, <laughs> they would it, just by themselves grow the market in incredible numbers. But again, it's but limited number of shows that are doing. One you know, thing that's missing here is, is what is the impact? So when we say TV, we're talking about linear live TV. Um, I wonder what the impacts would be if we started talking about um, the the o- OTT um, type of experiences and how that would drive it. Because what you're doing is you're you're reaching those um, those digital content consumers. Yeah, it may be a better better conversion ratio. Um, yeah, to for go those after. That, yeah, <clears throat> with for you know as compared to those that are still you know haven't cut the cord yet. Side. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it's, you know, I, I think the numbers all bold well, but I think it re re confirms what we've known for, gosh, for many, many years. How did you, how did you find my show? Well, Johnny told me about it. All right. You know, and I tell my, I, you know, I tell, I mean, this is, you know, again, it goes back to some of the basics that I've done with my show for years. I tell my audience, I know that you can't buy a GoDaddy domain name every month, you know, but I said, when you're around the office or you're, you know, you're hanging out, someone's talking about something they're doing digitally. So you, you know, I want them to first things that comes out of their mouth. I know this dude that has promo codes. <laughs> he does a podcast. Here's the link. Oh, you save you some money, you know, and I, that's where I feel I have been able to train my audience to be my advocates, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, um, um, in, in training them to help me. And I think it's the same thing when podcasters say, tell your friends and family members and, you know, about the show. And all it really right. takes is one audience member telling one or two people, and then they listen and they have something to talk about with their friend. And at the same time, then that circle of influence increases it. You know, 
rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, folks. Make sure you're telling your audience members to tell your friends about the right. show. Not only thank them, tell your friends to listen to this show. <laughs> well, and find your <clears throat> your topic niche. Uh, people that have a passion for whatever that topic niche is. And, yeah, and usually they're related and, to the similar type people. You know, if they're if the, if you are into yoga. And you go to yoga class and you probably got a couple of friends in yoga class or you invited a couple of friends to go to yoga class. Then you tell them about the yoga show you're listening to. It's right. Right. It's simple. Right. I agree. You know, and not everyone has the same, um, you know, you know, I've got friends that do stuff that I have no interest in, but um, they have friends that have the same interest, you know, just because of association here. So, Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's, it's an exciting uh, time for the podcasting space. It's, you know, we're definitely seeing continued growth here and, um, I, I hold my breath every month as the, you know, as the numbers come out, you're always like, you know, are we, are we going to, you know, is, is this thing going to continue to be on, I wouldn't call it a rocket ship, but the continue steady climb. I think it's going to, I mean, it's got a, it's got a 14 year history of right. steady climb. Yeah. So I don't see anything that's going to stop it from keeping, keeping expanding. Yeah. Rick says, uh, through other podcasts, 28%, that's over a quarter for discovery. This tells me the cross promotion collaboration between podcasters is a good thing. We've no, this is, this is podcast 101, right? Rick, we were doing podcast collaboration and sharing in 2005, you know, right. And, you know, we were all, yeah, we had similar topics, but some, you know, here's what I always found with that. And, you know, the, the, the argument was, well, I'm going to lose listeners. Yep. You're going to lose a few, but you're going to gain more than you lose. Right. So don't be afraid to, and, and, I, have a, and I used to promote shows that I did not have a relationship with. And I would email and say, hey, I love your show. Make sure you're listening to the show to say that because you don't want to come across as a, you know, someone that's, you know, false pretense. And I'm not going to recommend my audience to a show unless I've listened to it and love it anyway. So I said, well, I love this show. And uh, if you like mine, I'd love a shout out back. And that's sometimes how we started these, these cross promotions. Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, I, I ran spots for, for, for your shows. Yep. And, you know, I remember Andy McCaskey, I, I ran yep. spots on my show. We all created, uh, uh, right. we all created promo vid audios, you know, right. 30 seconds or something. Yep. And we, we played those on each other's shows or even talked about it. it. It was, you know, and that has fallen off dramatically. We've lost a lot of that because we're in the me, 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 me era. But folks like Gimlet and Wondery and Panoply and all those folks, they get it. They understand why the course promotion stuff is so valuable. I think it, it turned into a competitive thing. Once the industry became a little bit more serious, it's um, people tend to think a little more serious about it and don't want to give up any inches, you know, yeah. kind of it's down to. Yeah. So, but as independent content creators, us, those of their indies that aren't associated with a network that doesn't have cross promotion requirements. Um, right. We need to be thinking about that. Agreed. Hmm. Well, Todd, I think we made it to the. We did. We made to it to the, the end. So <laughs> just watch the Twitter uh, announcements, folks. We'll let you know when we're doing our show on Friday. I got to look at yep. my schedule. 
and right. see when I can squeeze it in. So when do you become available on Friday morning? When do you wrap up your morning meetings? Uh, usually I'm, I'm probably pretty, pretty free, probably around noonish on Pacific standard time. Okay. Well, I'll have to see how that works. We may have to go later in the afternoon, your time. Uh, okay. so yeah, soon we're, it's going to be the opposite problem. I'm going to be the other way, three hours. So we'll, it's going to change the whole dynamic of the whole show. Um, but, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Um, I guess everyone, I guess that's it. Um, Todd at Blueberry. Well, first of all, get over to newmediashow.com and subscribe if you aren't subscribed already. And if you're a podcaster, tell other podcasters about this show. If you're getting value out of it, we, you know, we uh, often see in Facebook when people are saying, what should I be listening to to help grow my show? Well, we hope that this show, amongst the other ones that you listen to that help you build your podcast is at top of mind. And you'll say, listen to the New Media Show and uh, newmediashow.com. And of course, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. At Geek News is my Twitter address. Rob? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rob Greenlee. And that's with two E's. And uh, I'm at Rob, RobGreenlee.com as well. Um, and you can send me an email if you want. Rob at Spreaker.com if you want to reach out to me. That would be great. And we had lots of participation in the chat rooms today on Facebook. There was a lot of chitter chatter going on on YouTube as well. So I was uh, peeking over there on a on a regular basis. Oh, and something we didn't talk about, Rob, was the EU Article 11 and 13 generic non-company specific commentary. So it's something that the EU is once again, uh, you know, it's, this is something I've actually turned over to our legal team. I said, okay, what does this mean? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's up to the individual EU countries to implement it, but yeah, it's 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 a mess. Um, so I guess we're going to have to talk about that. It's, but I don't know enough about it yet to yeah to well, respond. Let's, let's plan on d doing a little deep dive on it over the next week, and then maybe we can talk about it next week. Yeah. So anyway, everyone, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time here on the New Media Show. Everyone, take care. We'll see you. Okay. Bye. -bye. Bye.